Our New Testament scriptures from uh, John 19. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The cross. The cross can be seen in many places in our world today. Just about anywhere, any day, and just about any place. Children, youth, and adults, all alike, at different times. And many people of all walks of life have something with the cross on it. Or they have pictures and posters folders and notebooks and cards, and the list goes on and on. But what does the cross really mean to you? What does it mean for you tonight to come to the foot of the cross and to bury whatever that is that needs to be buried with Jesus? So that's when Sunday comes. There's a newness of life. From the beginning to the end. Throughout God's Word, Scripture, it is filled with many references about the cross, the tree, the death of Christ, many times and in many ways. Even Philippians 2.8, it says, And being found in as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Tonight, as we think about Jesus Christ being buried, and what a radical moment in time that this was, a radical moment for everyone who was present, the disciples, the women, the Romans, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and everybody else in between, whoever was there and witnessed this death of the King of the Jews, 
this Messiah, this Jesus of Nazareth. They witnessed it. Fully not understanding everything. Fully not understanding that he was the perfect sacrifice. And that he would be the final sacrifice. Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son, was sent, was sent to die for you and for me. To be buried in the tomb. To experience death for you and for me. The death and the burial of Jesus was a change. Was a change that the world really did not understand. It was even trauma. A trauma that came to the world. It was the beginning of the end. Satan would no longer have a hold on God's people. It was a trauma because of the change. The change to the Jewish ways. Trauma to the teaching of the law. It was trauma to the self-righteous people of its day. Those Pharisees, they didn't know what hit them. Even in our humanness, yours and mine, we are creatures of habit. Because of this, it is hard for us to decide to change. We can get all the pros and cons. We can get all the positives and we can look at all the negatives. We can look at why it would be so great just to bury the worldly things in our lives at the foot of the cross. But yet, we say it's so hard. I'll share an example with you that, you know, in all the parsonages that my family and I have lived in, <clears throat> we were blessed that they were old enough to have closets with lights. You know, it's great to have a closet and have a light. But all the lights have been pull string on a, or a little chain so you can imagine what happens after 10 people, 20 hands, open that door, pull in that chain, get the light on and turn it off. Eventually, the rope, the chain, break, gets pulled out. And you can no longer use that light in that way. So what would I have to do? I'd have to find the electrical, gifted, church member or trustee and say, hey, can we change out that socket and run the wire across the ceiling to the wall, staying inside the closet, coming down beside the door. So when you open the door, you just put your hand here and flip a light switch. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. That's simple enough, and that's easy enough. But oh, what the change. Did say, somebody say, change something? Yes, let's change out this light and put in a switch. Something so simple. A common sense update. But yet... Change is hard. Because what would happen? But once the wire was ran, coming down the wall, and the light switch was uh, installed, the 
church member, the trustee, would go home and our lives would continue to go on and we'd go to that closet, we'd open that door and what would we be doing? <laughs> Where's the rope? Where's the chain? I want to turn that light on. And that would happen for many days. And each of us would have to adjust and change that we no longer would do this but you'd open the door and do this on the wall. For the light and the chain to be converted over to a light switch. We were forced to change our reach. We were forced to change what happened once that closet door was open. And it was all for the better. We wanted the light. We needed the light. And what a miracle, the invention of a light switch. So much nicer than that chain or that rope. So much easier and simple. And now it it will be there to use for years and years to come. And yes, the current parsonage has two closets that needs that done. A radical change. As we think about Joseph and Nicodemus, they also had a light switch moment. That night there on Calvary, you see both members, they were members of that council that questioned Jesus. Both men kept quiet because they were believers in who Jesus was. They did not want to accuse Jesus, but yet they feared. They feared to speak up. They feared to stand up. They feared the unknown, the unknown change that was about to happen if they really stood up for Jesus in front of this council. And there they were as they watched the torture And they watched the jokes and the humiliation. And as they smelled death in the air, the time came when they finally said, let's pull it together. They muster up enough courage and they take on the responsibility to approach the authorities. And together, they lowered the Lord They lowered lowered our Lord from the cross with their hands. With their hands, they reverently prepared his body for burial. With their hands, they managed to convey and move the body to the tomb. With their hands, they worked quickly because the hour was growing late. But yet, we are still slow to accept change. Why are we so slow to do the Lord's work? Why are we so slow to give the Lord our very best? Why are we so slow to accept death when it's a part of life? I hope you are not slow tonight in accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We all have to pick up our own cross. 
We all have to carry our own cross. We are called to be glad. To be glad that we are God's children. But yet, are we glad to be the church? Are we glad to be a church that is growing spiritually and physically? Are we glad to carry our cross? Are we glad when the scripture says that we are a part of a royal priesthood as the children of God? Are we glad? Today in America, our faith has become casual. Easy come, easy go. As a church, we have become so complacent that the things all around us, we just say, good enough. Good enough. I showed up for church, showed up for Sunday school. I came and went. I checked the box for the week. Our worship is casual, is comfortable. We casually read the Bible and the scripture. And our prayer and our time in prayer is casual. We get to it when we get to it. Skim through it when we skim through it. But what does this show the world? What does it show our children? What does it show our neighbors? What does it really show God? It shows many things and it reveals things that we need to surrender. There's many things in our lives that we need to surrender. We may not even know it yet, but the Holy Spirit knows and the time will come when you will be convicted of it. But yet, in the things that we do know that we need surrender, that our bucket should be running over with papers. Just from the congregation, there was 20 or 21 papers in there. The youth group brought their papers tonight when they came, so there's now 10 or 12 papers in there from when the youth group, they surrendered theirs even before Ash Wednesday. They're back in January at their Rockathon learning scriptures and singing songs and growing closer to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The bucket should be running over. And you still have an opportunity to bury whatever you need to bury tonight. Believe it or not, your, te- your faith is being tested on this very night. The test... Do you really want to bury that burden? Do you want to surrender that habit? Do you really want to give up the struggle? Do you really want to have complete freedom? That is the test tonight. Jesus already went to the cross. He already died for you, for that struggle, for that burden, for that sin. And as you think about that tonight... You have opportunity to come forward and share from the Lord's table. Greg and I will serve you. Greg will have the bread, and he will hand you the piece of bread, and I'll have the juice, and I'll hand you the cup. And you'll be able to move over here and put the cup and the communion rail in the empty holder. And then you'll make, come over to the side, and, and you'll get a shovel. And this shovel is for you to keep and to remember this night and this year, for it says, let go and let God Bury the burden. Easter 2022. But also, if you'd like for us to bring the communion to you, we can do that as well. And 
we can get you the shovel, even though if you cannot make your way up here tonight. So keep that in mind. And as I bless these elements tonight and give that invitation, you'll come in that closing hymn. You can remain silent. You can sing. But they will play that closing hymn as you come to receive your elements and make your way over. And after you get your shovel and you put your dirt, scoop of dirt in the next bucket on the, whatever you bar- need to bury tonight, take the time to pray. You're welcome to sit down and pray. Or you're welcome to just make your way out and you'll be dismissed. And if you need to talk to somebody, you can uh, catch up with them in North X or out in the parking lot or uh, give them a call after the service tonight. So that's how we're going to have our stations here tonight. And I ask that you join me for a moment of prayer, and then I'll bless the elements. Oh, Lord, the cross and the tomb and the Lord's table, each has its part in your eternal plan of salvation. And Lord, we are, in, we are sinners in need of a Savior. You have come and you died for us. And Lord, as we remember this, help us and let us understand. For it is by grace we have been saved and through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift from God. I pray that your people will thank you. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. These things I pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.